I'm Leilani Farha in Ottawa, Canada, and I'm the advocate. I'm Frederick Gerton in Malmo, Sweden, and I'm the filmmaker. And you're listening to our Pushback Talks. You are. What happens today? Today is a very different day. I, after three years of knowing Frederick Gerton, I get to actually interview him. Something I've never done before. Oh my God. It's buckle up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will try to. I will try to. We are so we're actually turning the mic around. Okay, we are. But there's no camera. Well, there's an, there's a zoom because you're so far away, but still you're there. Okay, I'm here. I'm way over here. Go. What have yeah. you? What, what do you have in mind? Well, maybe well, we should tell people. Yes. Yeah. That's what we yeah. had to tell. So <laughs> I did a film called Push. It's a documentary film called Push uh, that is about the global housing crisis. And Leilani was the main character of that film in the role as a UN Special Rapporteur on Adequate Housing. So the global expert on, on, on housing. Now, over to you. <laughs> that's right. Well, and that's how we actually know each other, isn't it? And it's out of Push that Pushback talks came. But I want to focus our 30 or so minutes on the making of push and just ask you questions, some of which have been in my brain for some time and I've never asked you, and some of which I've heard other people ask you. But I thought maybe if I asked you, you might have a different answer. I don't know. Um, but you'll recall, Frederick, that the way we met, you know, because you initiated it, I think the story goes, you were following me on Twitter for some time and eventually read an article where I was quoted, maybe, yeah. uh, out in Vancouver. And then you decided that you were going to direct tweet me to see if we might have a conversation. So you did on November 28th, 2016. I still have that tweet. You reached out and you said, hey... Uh, I'm interested in making a film about housing. Can we have a Skype call? And I replied 45 minutes later to say, sure, let's have a Skype call. And eventually we did. But my question to you is when you reached out on November 28th, what stage were you at with the film? Why did you reach out to me? What were you thinking? Like, was I going to be a researcher for you? Was I a connector? What, like, what were you thinking? Um, that's a valid question. <laughs> oh, thanks. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, my my process is is a little bit weird. I I, I gather information, uh, thoughts. Uh, I read a lot of articles. I follow a lot of people on Twitter, and I'm I'm, I'm basically looking for for sentences or stuff that makes me understand something. And then when I read this quote by you in this Vancouver newspaper, there was something you talked about financialization of housing that said, oh, wow, this is interesting. And of course, uh, in a film, you need, I mean, in, in a doc film, you need people who speak and you need people who are out with some kind of project, you know, they want to reach somewhere. So, of course, I was also looking for characters for the film. I, I, I didn't, I don't know if I was looking for a main character when I was contacted you, but I, I, 
I was, I, yeah, but I mean, there was something intriguing about you. Uh, and some, it's also something very, very cool with the role of us being a UN Special Rapporteur. Yeah. So that was something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And unlike most people, you actually knew what a UN Special Rapporteur does because my predecessor at the time, Raquel Rolnick, had been in one of your films. So you actually had some sense of the role and... To be honest, Presumably. not <laughs> because when oh. when I when I when I filmed uh, Raquel Rolnik for Bike versus Cars, uh -huh. uh, she is uh -huh. an urbanist professor in in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil. Uh, I know she was extremely busy. She had very little time for me, and the reason that she was busy was she that she had that this mission for the UN. But I didn't really know what it's, how it worked, yeah. to be honest. Ah, okay. I knew that cool. there was a system of special rapporteurs, but that was like some mm. kind of vague knowledge, you know. I think mm. I know a bit more now. Right. So after that tweet, if I recall, we had a few, I think we had a couple of conversations. And through those Skype conversations, we landed... One thing that amazed me, actually, was that we had landed on the same person, Saskia Assassin. So you had independently, I think, maybe read her book or read articles in The Guardian she had written, or some, somehow you had become really interested in Saskia. Mm. And I, independently, and independent of you in the film, had become interested in Saskia because I was writing a report on financialization, and she's such a big thinker. And you had suggested that maybe we should meet in London and interview Saskia. So we arranged to do that. It worked well with my own schedule. I was heading to Geneva anyway. Um, so at that point, um, we meet. You had actually almost finished the interview with Saskia by the time I showed up. Um, but I'm interested to know what, like, sort of what, what was that for you? And was it testing ground? Um, what what were you thinking might happen by me interviewing Saskia for the film? Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I was interested in Saskia. I've, I've been in contact with her already long before I was tweet, direct tweeting you the first time. So Saskia mm -hmm. was much ahead in my research. But I all, I've also the experience that, that these kind of super duper experts like Saskia are not really material for a for a main character of the film. So, and I was also interested to see if there was a way of, of filming with an expert, expert talking to somebody so it would make, create more of a film scene out of it. But nice. the thing is that it, that's complicated because you might not ask my questions. So it's like, it's a, I, would, I would have to direct two people. So you were on your way from the airport Saskia was on her way. She said, I have to, I'm going to Rome soon. I'm going to meet the Pope. <laughs> uh, so I started to shoot uh, and I'm, I basically made the full interview with Saskia before you arrived. But I put the camera in its position so it looked like she was talking to you, basically. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. you, when you came, you sat down in front of her at the same position I was sitting. And then uh, it, the, we get the feeling in the film that she actually talks to you, which is a lie. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> no, no, there, there's one scene where we're actually, there's a couple of scenes where we are actually in conversation. When she asks me if I'm a lawyer. That's true. And if I deploy, yeah. uh, that, that I need to deploy the yeah. law. Uh, but one thing that's super interesting about what you said from my perspective is this um, nervousness that you might have that I won't ask the questions that you need asked and answered in order to make your film. And I have to say that was a tension within me for the entire filming because I needed the work to feel um, like it was part of my work and part of my genuine journey mm-hmm. on which, and it was a genuine journey to learn more about financialization and its impact. Um, but I did feel a tension does this director, especially back then, I didn't know you at all, you know, does this direct, is he getting what he needs, what he wants? Um, I remember feeling that in that Saskia interview. I was at a total loss. I'd never been part of a documentary film, obviously, not like that. Uh, and I had no clue what you wanted, what you didn't want. And it was actually, I mean, we we met for the first time. We were in the, the same room for the first time ever at Saskia's yeah. home in London. And you yeah. came with, with, with Bruce Porter, with a lot of bags and stuff straight from the airport. <laughs> and so it was like, it was a, kind of a special situation, which is like, mm. that happens to be quite normal in my life that we get into special situations. But, um, but you know what? I, my, my technique or whatever you can call it is that I, I, I listen a lot to what people are saying and I'm trying to mm. get sentences out that explains something for me so it's right. so sometimes if you would put the questions it would have been maybe more between two experts two people who already know a lot and there was a there's a risk that you will leave out the audience and I I have to be thinking all the time about the audience That's right. and also to get sentences that are that my editor will accept. He, I mean, he would hate if I came uh-huh. back with, well, there, here's an opening, here's a part of a sentence, but the rest is like, it's, we're lacking, you know, half of the sentence because that's also sometimes how we talk. So th- that's when, I'm, when I, the day after, I think in London, we were at your sister's home and I made a first like mm-hmm. more in-depth interview with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I was a little bit, tough on you because I really wanted you to say things over and over again so I could get the full sentences, the full understanding of of your view, of your work, and so on. And uh, yeah. of course, that's... Um, prob- Worst interview of my life. <laughs> that's probably not what... what uh, <laughs> And a normal news reporter would do because it's the, you cut much no. easy, quicker out and in and out. I mean, but for a doc, you need different kind of material. So, mm-hmm. so, and, and I felt that I, if you want, should be a part of this project, you also have to understand mm-hmm. this is how it will be. <laughs> it will be, mm-hmm. it will be, uh, and some kind of work, you know, it's, it's not, it's yeah. not for free. And it's, be, it's in one way, it's better to, to try you out in the beginning. It's, it's, so it's, I understand it was a tough one, uh, but mm-hmm. there were some other personal <laughs> reasons to that too, wasn't it? Well, there were a couple of personal reasons. I mean, there were one thing, one thing that people wouldn't know if you hadn't been part of a documentary film is so many of the interviews I did, you were standing or sitting 
right behind me, helping me determine what the next question would be. And that was that ended up being for me super helpful because I then I could relax more and not doubt myself because you were telling me, well, I want you to go, you know, say this or ask this or whatever. So I knew you were getting what you needed. I mean, documentary filmmaker, you work on a shoestring budget. And I was super conscious the whole time of not wanting to waste any of your money and resources because, you know, it, they're scant. So, but with that, in, that first intense interview we did in my sister's home, there were personal reasons. I mean, it was really weird to be in my sister's space. And I have this picture of my mother on a mantle and I'm looking up at her and then you're sitting across from me. So, but there was also a moment where I realized, uh, and this ended up being a big theme as we were filming, that, um, you went straight for substance. So you didn't know me at all. And you were asking me really hard questions about a new area that I was investigating. And I felt at first like, well, you can't divorce me, the person from the substance of the work. And then I realized that that's actually kind of necessary to do. And something that I, um, I think as a woman advocate, I, I mix a lot of personal with my substance. And so you were forcing a bit of more of a divide that I actually ended up appreciating. And we can talk more about the impact of the film on my work later. But uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a test, though, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's also <laughs> I mean, it's in the film, we it's like you're looking for functions, you know. So right. I, 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 I was looking for somebody who could be almost like my private detective in the film, who in some way is representing me in the film without mm. really doing it. But right. in some way, the, the quest that I was doing, and I mean, as I always say, I'm, I'm not an intellectual, I'm not an academic, I haven't read 100 books and, and I, that I try to make a film out of. So mm. I'm actually starting up with, with simple questions. And, 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 and I think I thought I thought we 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 got into that asking those questions together, mm -hmm. which was kind of uh, interesting. But I, mm -hmm. but I mean, to be the main character of the film of the film requires a lot of you have to donate a lot of your time. Uh, if you if yes, you do. If it's, <laughs> if it's going to be good, I mean, I mean, a lot of yeah. super celebrity will say, okay, you will get two hours and that's it and then you have to make the rest yourself mm. um, but what those guys don't understand is that it's impossible to do something real with that you know then it yeah. then that main character becomes really shallow and unpersonal I mean mm. a, a, a main character of the film needs to be a human being where you can see different sides of her personality and and feel that so so also even the ugly sides or the you know or, or anxieties or whatever it can be so and and I thought the, the cool thing with you was that you actually you 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 don't censor yourself uh, and of course there was there was moments where you were when you were crying and you went off because you didn't want to have <clears throat> your tears on camera yeah but on the other hand i it for me your tears in film wouldn't suit 
my main right. character anyway, <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. it's uh, it's also a balance of of of, of things. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that goes to the dividing. For me, I was happy enough with that, and wanting sometimes to preserve my own very deep one thing people don't know about being an advocate is is it is deeply personal when you've been doing I've been an advocate for all of my working life so for more 25 years and it's deeply personal it's not uh, something I take lightly and so I didn't want to I gave I think I gave about 90% of myself I wanted to retain a little bit uh, of that emotional connection to the work that wouldn't be part of some other project that was just about my experience. Um, so uh, I want to take us away from London and those beginning moments of the film, only to say, though, that that after London, I went to Geneva and I presented uh, to the UN um, my financialization report. And I remember uh, you telling me that um, a WG Films producer, Margaret, had watched my presentation on UN TV and that she she liked me and that she found that I was a powerful presenter or something like that. And um, I remember you telling me that and me feeling so um, validated in a way, in a way, just very validated and realizing that how important it was for me to hear that a woman, um, someone I, I didn't know her, but I obviously respected her. uh, And she's slightly older than me. That that meant a lot. And then you and I met in Chile. And you introduced me to your team in Chile, who were women. So you had the director of photography, Janice da Silva from Brazil, and Alexandra Galvez, uh, I guess she was line producing. Janice Davila. Anyway, it's fine. Davila, sorry. Um, And so there I was in the company of these amazing women. Those two women in particular are incredibly amazing. I think even the sound person was a woman. and that continued for the rest of our filming. That you have a very strong uh, women team behind you, and I'm just interested in that. Do you did is that purposeful? Was that purposeful with push? Is that true in your other films? Uh, what did that mean to you? I can give you a cynical answer if you want to. That's a short one. I want the real. <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> the, the dark industry is a low wage industry, you know. So, so there's a lot of women uh, in our industry, uh, but. Uh, mm. I, you know, it, I think that's maybe something very personal. When I was a kid, I was bullied and I, I, for many times I felt that I was hanging out more with girls. So I always felt mm. quite close to, to girls. And, uh, and then film is also like a very technical world in one way. And I, I have an experience of, of guys, you know, wanted, you know, the, Guys talk is sometimes tech talk and I'm not technical at all. So <laughs> I found out that, uh, that, that to women on, on technical positions are like, it's easier for me. They don't tell me, they don't talk about uh, the technical details. We could talk about content, but I mean, I worked with, with Janice already in Bike versus Cars and I worked with, with uh, Iris Ng in, in Toronto also for bikes and and I think for that film, I actually wanted to have like a female gaze, a female eye on things, mm. because 
also uh, bicycles can be can be told in a very boyish way you know very yeah. sporty way and i didn't i wanted to go mm. away from that because that film right. was about bikes in cities about people about you know so and then yeah. i but then and but also in the previous film uh, big boys come bananas i also worked with a female uh, cinematographer in in mm. in uh, los angeles and, and around the u.s so i'm so i I've, I've been trying that and I've found it it's it's something that suits me well I, f I feel mm. I feel safe ah, so it's 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 yeah. cool I felt safe too that's exactly but then of course in this case even more because now we really wanted to have you because after this London I went back and sat down with my editor we were editing the stuff we did in mm. London and we of course we we were watching you over and over again and, so, and, and all of us said, yes, she has the potential to be the main character of this film. And, mm. and that was like a strong feeling. So how do we, how do we protect her? How do we, how do we make her stay in the project? Because if you, mm. if we start to film with you and you suddenly leave, then we are hanging there with a lot of material and we can't really close the film. So it's, it's, mm. it's like, it's also a risk when you, start up with someone so I thought okay we mm. should stay with the same cinematographers and they should be women women and they should mm. be close to you because they are they yeah. they have to be really close if we're going to make this this also emotionally strong you know because we mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the structure of the film as it's it's some kind of journey uh, mm -hmm. we we want the main character to be someone that we follow but we present all the time new knowledge. That's like, that's what we do. We, we, we get to hear about Blackstone. We have to hear about the mm. criminal money. We get to mm. know about people who are being kicked out to the streets, you know. And we edit in a way so all this stress and horrible facts lands on the main character's shoulders, your shoulders. Mm. So we need to be with you so we can... So we as an audience actually suffer with you when we get to hear all this bad news. Right. And that's what we also, I mean, if you look at the structure of the film, you can also see there is a, like the darkest moment of the main character. And from, from that darkest moment, we go up again. There is more hope. Mm. Can you identify mm -hmm. the darkest moment? <laughs> uh, uh, in the film? Um, in the edit? No. No. I can't. You can't. Okay, so I mean... The, I can't. There is a moment uh, where you are really small. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. How, how yeah, tall yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm five foot two. The ridiculous uh, moment uh, where I say... And you're trying to... You, know, I, you probably know the actual line. I don't know the actual you're line. You're trying to, to change the whole conversation. Change the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm five foot two yeah. from a nowhere town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just before that, we've been uh, with Saviano in yeah. in Milan, right. hearing about the criminal yeah. money, which Very is like dark. a really dark moment. And then we yeah. take you down. But then from that on, we go up and that's mm -hmm. Barcelona. You meet with Ada Colau. Uh, you know, you're, there's right. a new there's some there's a new project, a shift coming up and you're you're that's fighting right. back. So that's like that, that kind of, we, so we're up from the beginning of the film, we, we try to break you down so we can also yeah. take you up. Yeah. And, 
and that would only work if if the main character is open and also gives us time. It's impossible to do with somebody who just delivers a two-hour sit-down interview somewhere. Yeah, and it's also... I mean, that gets to another issue I wanted to talk to you about, because I think for me, Chile was a defining moment in my um, commitment to the film, actually, even though I was pretty excited and interested early on, but well, Chile was pretty early on. um, But it was there when one, I felt so comfortable uh, with you and your team. I realized that in some ways, I think documentary film makers and the people involved are my people actually even though I'm a longtime advocate um, one thing you probably don't know about me but actually when I left high school and was going to university I applied to a film program to make you know a program at the University of Toronto to learn how to make films and uh, I chickened out I was accepted I had a residence everything and in August I was to start in September I chickened out because it was so outside my family experience and my experience everyone was very academic and so uh, I didn't I ended up studying literature and I had always thought I would end up doing some kind of film and journalism together so I found my people in working with you for sure. There is a there's a joke going around, you know, the 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 the, the, the critics of film and music are always the people who who tried it but never made it. So so you're probably <laughs> then on the you're probably then on on that side too. You you became an not advocate. <laughs> yeah, I became an advocate, but but not a not a critic of film. That's, um, that's true. It's better. But in Chile, we had a a really important conversation. And I think what I learned in Chile was if I was going to be part of the film, it was going to be about trust. I had to trust you. I had to trust your team. I had to trust the process. And I also had to recognize I have expertise and my expertise is not in filmmaking. And you have expertise and it is in filmmaking. And you're an award-winning filmmaker. And I just, I had to just say... It's not for me to to do anything with this film except appear and try to push my issue and make sure you understand what it is that I need from the film. Mm. Um, but you remember the conversation we had in Chile about trust? Yeah, uh, you know, I remember uh, our dear friend, my the line producer in Chile, Alexandra Galvis. She was a little bit shocked because I was so blunt. Uh, but I, I, I basically told you about uh, how it works. Uh, we, uh, you can decide. I mean, we don't need any papers between us. Yeah. Uh, no contracts, because That's you right. have as much power as I in this process. You can decide to leave, and I can't do anything about it. But I can also decide not to use you in the film. You know, so it's like it's a. In that sense, a very open relation. You know, it's like it's a, and 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 it is true, um, and yeah. I, I I believe the only valid relation is a trust relation in, in filmmaking, and and I think a lot of my work in all my films since the the very beginning of my career is very much about building trust in the with mm-hmm. the people we film, and yeah, and it's that and sense. that's and then you need to to show your ethics also in the in the editing. In, when you're mm-hmm. out shooting, I think you, you can basically shoot everything, you know. But in the in the editing, you have to be careful with your with the with your characters because mm-hmm. you, you you have a lot of 
power on your hands. We could destroy mm -hmm. your your reputation if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. If if we really wanted to cut you in a in a weird way. But this is not the game show, so it's different. We are yeah. not building character yeah. in that way, and we we need you to be. I mean, for me, it's important that anyone who is in one of my films could say, yes, that's me. That's me. Yeah. I might be, yeah. yes, I'm also sometimes stupid. I'm also sometimes yeah. very, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's, so, so that I, w I just want to be clear. You, you yeah. can leave and then you will really kill the, the, the economy of this project. <laughs> so don't, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's but you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I think I think it was that there was an equality that you were expressing there that between you and you and me we had an equality, and that actually really helped me. A lot of people were saying in my ear, "Aren't you worried? What if he portrays you poorly, or you don't like the message?" Or, but I I always trusted that you wouldn't do that. It wasn't in your best interest to do that. You you were as committed to the issues as as I am, and you are as committed as I am. And I mean, this um, is one, yeah, sorry, no, I, no, 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 no. It's, but, but it's still cool to to tell people that you never want to see any film material. Yeah, you, that was really yeah. a message from you. I don't want to see anything. Yeah, I didn't. I I yeah, and. I didn't see anything until the very, very, very end. Um, but I'm interested to know what that's like as a filmmaker when you have your your main character saying, I don't want to see your film. <laughs> How does that feel? It's the best. Or what, you it's know. the best. It's the best. Ah. It's, it's uh, you know, editing is a process. And it's a very long process. And if mm. you get your the people you film sitting in the editing room a lot, they might start to question things that probably will never end up in the film. Uh, oh, I, have my, I had a very bad hair day that day. And, you know, no, it's, or people say, yeah. oh, if, if that's in the film, my mother will feel sad, you know, whatever, you know. Right. So it's, it, right. it can be... Quite often, it's the most random details that people are have hang-ups around. That mm. so it's. I mean, of course, we wanted to show you the film just before we were releasing it, so you were the, among yeah. the first to see it. And I, I think you yeah. actually got to see a, an earlier cut because you were visiting Sweden anyway. So it. So that's why we, we, you could see it. Mm. But I mean, mm -hmm. but you remember that feeling sitting here and watching. Uh, it's actually in the room where I'm standing, the editing room. So, and I wasn't visiting Sweden anyway. I don't think. I think I made a special trip in the fall once you had a rough cut, but like decent enough cut for me to look at. I was experiencing a ton of anxiety about. Uh, well, I want. I didn't want you to make the film. At one point, I remember articulating, at least in my head, like, I, "Okay, I know we filmed for." two years but I really don't want you to make the film anymore I don't want to be in a film I don't want to have anything to do with the film <laughs> then I realized it was just anxiety uh and yeah I do remember uh sitting and watching it with you and Eric the editor 
And the experience was incredibly emotional for me. I mean, uh, uh, in so many ways, it was emotional. Of course, you're remembering, as you're watching, you're remembering everything that was hap actually happening while the filming was happening. But also, it's, it was a huge process, a huge piece of work. You had put your heart and soul into it. I had, Eric had, the cinematographers had, all the line producers, sound people. I mean, it's a huge thing, and it did feel huge to me and really emotional and a, a part of me is now on this screen and anyway it's also it was also emotional for us of course it's it's a it's mm. not an easy moment and 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 i i know that a film uh can i mean it's it's almost impossible for anyone one who's who are letting her to be filmed to understand mm -hmm. the the impact the film will have on on their lives um, because it can it can have a, a big impact. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why we have to be responsible and to be to be loving and caring uh, about <laughs> our main characters. Even yeah. I would say even if they're criminals or thugs or you know whatever. I mean you have sure. you still have to be you still have to be honest and uh, and fair. I think. Mm. Yeah, well, I think you were both of those things in push for sure. I want to bring up um, one sort of controversial thing. It takes us in a slightly different direction. But after the screening of the film, in every post-screening panel that I've done with you and alone, someone will raise the scene that takes place in the United Nations. I am presenting my financialization report and the camera is showing the UN officials who are supposed to be listening and caring about this hu major human rights issue that I'm bringing to their attention. But they are on their cell phones, looking around. Uh, one guy right at the end is scanning through uh, photos of Rolex watches to see what he might buy next. And so people always ask me, you know, well, the film has a cynicism about the UN. Um, and, you know, I'm a, at the time I was a, you know, UN rapporteur. And so sort of, you know, how useful is the UN? And um, my sense isn't that the film is trying to say the UN is useless, quite the opposite, actually. You have as your main character, a UN of official. Um, but I'm interested to know what you were trying to say with that bit. Uh, and then larger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think if the UN had commissioned me to make a film, some people believe mm -hmm. that you commissioned me to make a film, make a film, you can be sure <laughs> oh. that that scene wouldn't be included. Right. So, and that's the strength of independent filmmaking, that we are actually telling stories in a way, in our own way, and so we are not commissioned by anyone. Then so we then we also can be a little bit more political incorrect, and we can mm -hmm. we can even make jokes about uh, something we respect. We respect the UN system, but it's true. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were not listening, and and this delegate from Qatar was sitting there uh, uh, checking out ex extremely expensive watches. I thought that was an amazing story. But remember also, when you were preparing your financialization, say, financia, financialization speech, yes. <laughs> you said, 
you know, you were talking with, with Bruce Porter, how shall we do this yeah. so people listen? Because if That's they right. don't, they will just sit down and watch their iPhones and other stuff. So it was a reference to something you had said before. And Absolutely. of course, I I told Janice, we were filming in New York, go for the, go for the cell phones. Of course, that was something yeah. I said, because I remember we had that line shot it was yeah. actually in london we shot that in london yeah. when you were writing this speech so of course yeah that's something that gives some kind of continuity to the film it's also fun yeah. you know and Absolutely. some people laugh some people get angry you know whatever i mean but it's but it's also no. it's also giving our main character some some resistance life is not too exactly. easy for her and that's something we wanted to create because then when you turn the tide with with Julieta coming in and you start to mm -hmm. to build a shift, then we feel happy for you because you've had a tough ride. So that scene that's is right. a part of your tough ride. So it's also a narrative uh, element, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I To be honest, no one ever really asked me what I think of that scene. And I love it um, for the reasons that you said, but also that's my everyday experience those are representatives of governments and they are not listening and they're not doing their jobs well enough. Otherwise we wouldn't have homelessness across the world, evictions and forced evictions everywhere. Right. And this financialization. So, so I really love that moment because it's truth telling. They're not, they are in a privileged position and they're not doing their jobs. They're not. So for me, I, I actually quite like it, even though it is of course jarring because it paints the UN in a bad light. But maybe, as you say, the UN needs to be painted in its truth. There is truth to that. And I have been at many sessions where government officials are on their phones, mm -hmm. etc. And it is, it, is, it is what I'm pushing against, actually. It's exactly... But you know one thing about filming close to, to a character mm. is that you, in one way, you speed up getting to know that person. You speed up... A, a relation mm -hmm. maybe also a friendship because it's yeah. it's a very intense relation that also happens with the with the, the cinematographers and the editors Definitely. and you know it's like you work so intensely we work extremely long hours many of these hours yes. you were on we were working 12 15 hours and then up really early in the morning again it's all because we are so low budget so we really need to bring home as much material as possible and we need mm. to get back with the right material because I, when I when I went out to a place with you, I've been sitting here with Eric, my my editor, talking. So what do we need? What? Yeah. So it's like I was really focused on getting the right material, and at the same time also open to see what happened because sometimes something else happens. But I, when if that happens, I have to recognize: is this for the film or is this not for the film? Because that's also about mm. knowing your own project, which is also a process you know to understand yeah, what yeah. works what is interesting for this film but i mean so you said this tweet was three and a half years ago yeah. and now we're doing a podcast what what is what is the story behind that i mean it's it means that this like forced <laughs> speed speeded up relation is actually mm -hmm. now turned into be something very different we the film premiered in March last year, 2019. 
uh, at a, a huge, beautiful theater in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saskia Sassen was also there. We then had an amazing, amazing audience. Amazing, amazing audience. audience. Yeah. We had also an amazing premiere in Toronto yeah. at the Bloor and then at the Lightbox. Yeah. Uh, we've been to the biggest theater in Munich. <laughs> we have been to amazing. so many. Yeah. We have met, I mean, we are at the, at the Castro in San Francisco, this amazing, beautiful, huge cinema. We've been to so many places and met audiences everywhere. And, and of course, a lot of people think that you commissioned the film or you, we made a film together. Yes. And I, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, it's, uh, I don't expect people to understand our process. Mm. But now we're making this podcast. It's kind of... We are. So it, and, and I think... The, we have that in common. We want to understand things, mm-hmm. and we want we, we we want to formulate what we see, which is not that easy. So we have been quite soon after our first meeting in London and after the Shirley shoot, we started to send each other WhatsApps with articles yeah. and questions. <laughs> so what yeah. is this? How do we understand this? And and during this process, we we. We try to understand. So where is that all this money coming from? You know, mm-hmm. and, and suddenly mm-hmm. we say, "Oh shit, it's our own pension money." Mm. And that, and I said, "Why don't you meet the, the Korean pension fund when you you're on mission That's in right. Korea?" Yeah. And then you you did. They really refused to let us film. We got like two <laughs> minutes. Uh, That's right. Which was like a bit frustrating. Um, but the knowledge was there. We were yeah. we were going for something, and then we could help each other in that. Yeah. We're running short of time, but I'll say that uh, one of the most amazing things about all of this has been to meet someone, you, as curious as me about the same issues with very similar um, interest in change from a different vantage point as a filmmaker, not as necessarily an advocate, although I always say you're the best right to housing advocate I know. But one of the biggest thing takeaways for me that is, uh, you, I don't, I think you describe your work or have described your work to me as somewhat lonely. You're a director, right? So you have to have the vision. You have to drive forward your projects. They're your films. Uh, yes, they involve a ton of people, but there's a loneliness there. And Certainly as rapporteur and now as global director of The Shift, there's a loneliness to what I do. I have to have vision and leadership and the courage to speak out and similar to you. And you've made my journey a little less lonely. So big thanks that's, to you, Frederick. That's sweet. I, and, and you also make me a little bit less lonely. It's, it's, you know, I also like you do, I, I, I travel almost alone all the time to Mm -hmm. different shoots. Then I work with amazing people, Mm. but we don't always have the budget to fly in the same people or fly out with a team uh, because the film funding isn't that strong in Sweden or in, I mean, for most documentary filmmakers. So we have to be, we have to be be smart on how we spend our money. Mm. So yes, it's, it's, it's quite lonely. and so, no, it's been it's been interesting, and I, I I don't think I've been able to in any other film in my in my career to to meet a main character like you. So it's it's been it's been a lucky ride, yeah. a very lucky ride, and so it's fun that the film is doing so well, 
and mm-hmm. it's fun that that uh, that we also do in this podcast. Absolutely. Remember, um, the film has has created a lot of change. Also, it's been a part of the debate in many countries, Absolutely. and and. And you describe that sometimes like the the perfect storm mm. when the film, your work, local activists, local uh, reporters are like suddenly entering into the same uh, language, yeah. and then boom, something yep. happens. And then uh, we should talk about that next week, maybe. Let's do that. Thanks, Frederick. Bye. Bye. Bye, Frederick. <laughs>